Hi, I'm Nathan Gould. And I'm Lazarus Gramos. And welcome to The Back Peg Daily Doha Series, Episode 17. And having returned from going AWOL, Nathan, you're back. Yes, I'm back on deck. I wasn't able to make it for yesterday's pod, but nice to see that you held the fort well on your own. I tried my best. (laughs) (laughs) Wasn't easy, but I tried my best. But yes, back to a full compliment this morning. And uh, just in time to reflect on the round of 16 and the first set of knockout fixtures and we ended up with a bang this morning with the biggest story of the round, Morocco going through. Yes, very much so. Uh, but I'd like to say that uh, in lieu of a sponsor, this episode of the Back Peg Daily Doha series is brought to you by Gonzalo Ramos. Yeah, great shout. The first hat-trick of this tournament, of these finals, and wow. What an introduction. We can speak more in detail about the impact of Cristiano not being there and all that sort of thing, but just on, on Ramos, fantastic for him to have only really come into the setup, not played much at all, and to bag a hat-trick at uh, his first start is amazing. And good on him, good on Portugal, and they uh, swat away a Swiss team that really weren't, that, weren't all that to speak of compared to what they were in the, in the group stage. So, uh, well done to him, well done to Portugal, and marching on through. Yeah, should we start with that game? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah, I, I think Switzerland were just shell-shocked from the start. They went down early, bullet of a goal from Ramos. I mean, <laughs> that ball hit over 100 kilometers in top speed. Incredible. At the near post, Summer didn't have didn't have a chance. And um, yeah, the Portuguese just ran riot. So Santos uh, Santos left them off the leash. I don't know if he let them off the leash, but the players definitely went off the leash because they just were fantastic all around the pitch. Incredible. Switzerland were, were just not at it at all. Not at it at all. They lost their formation so many times and they were 2-0 down early and, and that was really end of the game for them. They didn't look like even coming back. Shakiri had a free kick that went close, but yeah, Switzerland just um, didn't show up at all. Their defensive uh, capabilities went um, completely out the window because they kept losing shape. Switzerland, the Portuguese midfield going forward uh, with just too many um, attacking weapons and just bamboozled the uh, Swiss. I I don't think we've seen a demolition job like this at the World Cup so far. Spain-Costa Rica comes to mind on that front. Yeah, but okay, yep, fair point, but not on this, not at this level. No, not at this level, of course, and we were expecting much more from Switzerland that they're renowned for keeping the door locked and frustrating teams and causing on paper big upsets and that wasn't the case today and as you quite rightly mentioned they lost their way so early and so often during this game if they managed to get to halftime nil-nil I think it would be a completely different story and perhaps we are talking about Switzerland going through but the Portuguese team were fantastic from minute one and hats off to Fernando Santos the manager because he made the right call in dropping Cristiano and it was thoroughly deserved that Cristiano he kicked up a stink after being substituted as he always does and Fernando Santos wasn't having that as has uh, some of Cristiano's other uh, managers and the team performed so much better without him. It, I've seen this film before, Laz. Yeah, sure, absolutely. I thought of you as soon as it, as soon as I saw the starting lineup and um, saw that um, there was that Cristiano Ronaldo wasn't happy with being subbed. And when that happened um, in the career game, I thought mm, Santos will be, be benching you soon. And I mean, I remember um, in our destination day our preview of the uh, of Group H that I said to you that Santos won't suffer any fools and he won't put yes he'll want to give Ronaldo every opportunity to play but if it's going to be to the detriment of the team he won't be afraid to bench him and because Ronaldo fundamentally also aside from 
yes, you know, uh, putting himself first more so in his club career than anything else, he does want to see this Portuguese side win and he wants to be a part of it. He recognises the potential for history um, and being a part of that history rather than personal goals and attributes in terms of the Portuguese national team. That's the only time that this uh, matters, right, and that he doesn't put himself first. Do you think so? Because surely he's still just eyeing off that... um potential showdown with Messi in the final and it's all about whether he can create a career that eclipses Messi on the international front as well. Look, if that's what drives him. Yeah, and that's always what has driven him. Uh, When the goals of the individual and the goals of the team are aligned, then there's no real problem. It's just the issue has been generated that he hasn't been able to accept that uh, in in club land, he hasn't been able to accept that his star is starting to fade and he doesn't offer a full 90 minute performance for his teams anymore. And I'm looking forward to the interview where he comes out and says that Fernando Santos disrespects me. No, that won't happen. <laughs> uh, point blank, that won't happen. Oh yeah, I know. I'm, I'm tongue, tongue in cheek, completely there. And yeah, sure. Being substituted early and being left out of the lineup and all this sort of stuff. The same thing that's happened this season in his club uh, club career. And I don't know if we're starting to see a Cristiano who's ex- who's beginning to accept that he is on the wane as an elite footballer. But what we are seeing is a Portuguese team that is fantastic without Cristiano. They scored a hatful of goals before he came on. The game was dead. And they gave him some uh, garbage time at the end. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this garbage time phrase. <laughs> love it. Um, yeah, you're right there. And look, I think that today is a day that, um, yes, he, he has to come to terms with the fact that um, he won't be a starter and that his value will be coming in off the bench of, for Portugal. This will be his last international tournament as well that we know. We don't see him going to the Euro. So, yes, him sitting on the bench today is you know he has to accept that the that um his career is starting to end as a starter but there is definitely no harm in him coming in off the bench that's for sure but he definitely has to be played in a lot more rather than actually starting up at the halfway line and trying to get a get a yard or two there right so he's got to be a bit smarter about the way that he plays and look at it a bit more pragmatically we'll just see if that um comes into his uh into his reckoning as the tournament goes on because they've got a very very difficult opponent with uh, a great team spirit coming up in Morocco and uh, geez what a performance from Morocco this morning yeah crazy I watched the full game at 2 o'clock I set my alarm because that was the game that I had uh, sort of circled in as the game to watch from this round of 16 yes obviously Australia and the Netherlands from, for me personally but from a neutral standing this looked like the biggest game in prospect the closest one in prospect and wow it did deliver what a game and Morocco getting one over Spain on the sh- in the shootout and they thoroughly deserved it Spain some statistics out of the game over a thousand passes and 77% of the ball but just one shot on target no goals to speak of and uh, yeah you can have all the ball possession in the world that you want and if you can't stick the ball in the net then you're not going to get anywhere and not only was Spain nilled during the 90 minutes they were nilled in the 120 and they were nilled in the shootout as well yeah possession with purpose and I don't know if there was enough purpose in Spain's play what did you make of the uh, of the game itself? I thought it was fascinating. Oh, I really enjoyed watching this game. Really enjoyed it. Um, I will talk. I'll talk about some individuals a bit later on. But just the way the game was going, there was so much excitement from the stands. All those Moroccan supporters. Every time they got the ball, they 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 were screaming like, "Go on, go on, score a goal, counter attack, let's go!" Like, they were so up for it, and the players just fed off that every single time. There was a there was a roar from the stands, and it fed into a, a fantastic atmosphere and. A 
fantastic day for, for for this World Cup, I'll say, because this round of 16, there hasn't been that many big stories coming out of it. And what we have seen is the best teams have gone through. There hasn't been a big upset. And I don't know if Morocco counts as a big upset, but it's the less fancy team on paper. Yes. I mean, we both thought that Morocco would win. That's the thing. We both thought they would go through. That That's sort of where I'm coming. That's where I'm getting at with that. And Morocco thoroughly deserves it. And they're going to be a tough test for Portugal in the next round. But um, what are your thoughts on the game, Laz? Did you see an opportunity here for Morocco to go and do this again to Portugal? Well, that's a different question altogether. My thoughts on the game, though, uh, this morning were that, um, and I had indicated it yesterday as well, that it wouldn't surprise me if this game went the whole way uh, and ended up in a penalty shootout. You have to pick a winner and uh, we tip Morocco. And we actually tipped Morocco days ago as well when this uh, when this quarter, when this uh, round of 16 draw uh, was finalised, that, um, that we thought that the Morocco, the Moroccans would be problematic for the Spanish and proved to be so. Um, from a style perspective, football style perspective, the Moroccans were great to watch. The Spaniards, yes, we know they play the possession. Um, they had the lion's share, as you mentioned earlier. They're just a talented side and I just don't understand why they can't finish teams off given that you you know you can't score if you don't have the ball right but what is it about their movement and what is it about their lack of getting wanting to get in behind opponents that actually stops them from actually doing it I, I just don't understand it because technically they're fan- they're all a fantastic bunch of footballers the Moroccans were able to soak up the pressure and, and look what's critical here is it, actually Nathan I heard a, a crazy stat as well 20 uh, this is the first time in 27 games that the Spaniards haven't scored yeah that's a remarkable statistic and it points to that Moroccan defense doesn't it yeah and now and Morocco have only conceded the one goal which they did in the group phase in that would have to be close to what um, 12 hours of play and it was an own goal yeah and it was an own goal <laughs> so it, it was just incredible right um, so the Moroccans were just brilliant on the counter they looked to go forward every time they could they had no fear in their play um, but um they weren't able to score. I'd say they were unlucky not to score for mine. I think on the balance of it, prior to penalties, Morocco were the more likely to, to snatch a winner. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. 100%. Um, they, yeah, they were just unable to do it. And you're right, they were unlucky. Um, yeah, they, they just had... You know, they were able to just soak up the pressure. They took on, uh, they, they were able to break forward quickly and well-deserved, well-deserved victory and a memorable one for uh, for Moroccans given the significance of the, the Morocco-Spain derby for one of a better term. Um, but um, sets up a fascinating clash, another one for that side of the world, uh, Morocco versus Portugal. There's no love lost there either. <laughs> no, there certainly is no love lost there. And there's the one overriding question here is, can Morocco back up? Can they recover in time and go again? Because... They put out put so much into that game against Spain and there was a few niggles going around and hamstrings being held and cramp and uh, it's come out since that uh, Nudan Amrabat had to have an injection to get through the game. Uh, he had a back issue and can they pick themselves up and go again because it's, it's a tough test. It'll be a heroic effort. It'll be a heroic effort because to stop this Portugal team now who have announced themselves, um, very tough, very tough. But we'll obviously get to um, uh, how the quarterfinals line up um toward the end of this uh toward the end of this episode um what was your moment of the day my moment of the day my my my, my off the pitch away from the the actual matches 
is um, I saw a video of Richarlison and uh, Brazilian Ronaldo, R9, and learning Richarlison celebration, the pigeon. <laughs> oh, amazing. <laughs> and and you, you would, you, we all saw uh, Tite do the pigeon celebration on the sideline during the game. It's, 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 it's just so funny. It's amazing. I love to see it. it it's it, it's so strange, the pigeon. Like, the actual celebration itself is... Just- <laughs> It makes me laugh every time I say it. Um, but yep, that's his, that's his signature, and good to see everyone getting getting on board uh, with uh, the Brazilian team because uh, they have a chance to go and win the whole thing. Yeah, I know Roy Keane's not very keen on. Uh Pardon the pun. Roy Keane is not very keen on these Brazilian goal celebrations at all. So it would have been interesting to see what he would have done if he were playing. Oh, yeah. Roy Keane wouldn't <laughs> be on the pitch two seconds later, I don't think. <laughs> um, my pick for off the pitch uh, moment of today, or the thing that caught my eye rather, is... France's attempt to actually have the Tunisian goal struck out from the group game. I haven't seen this. Has there been has there been a protest? Has there? There has been an official protest by the French Football Federation by with FIFA to actually have the Tunisian goal struck out, and the game obviously you know recorded as a draw. And FIFA. FIFA have knocked this back, but there was an official protest lodged. So I found that very interesting that the French would resort to that. But they still won the group. Like I know. Yes, they lost the game on the day, but yep. come on, does it really matter? The records obviously matter to these to the world champions, that's for sure. Like just focus on England on Sunday morning. Surely that should be the focus, not what happened in the group game. That doesn't matter, and you made a full rotation and played players out of position, and oh, yeah. So there you go. So, what was your highlight of the uh, round of sixteen phase? Oh, overall, my highlight of the round of sixteen. Hmm, it's a tough one, isn't it? It might be recency bias kicking in, but it has to, for mine. What comes to mind is the scenes at the end of this morning's game, the Moroccan celebrations, mm-hmm. uh, pulling off the big upset of this round. And yeah, that that's what comes to mind. Well, how about you, Laz? So many. There's so many. I'm actually going to go with Messi's goal against Australia. Oof. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that um, look, we've seen him do it so many times, right? But his first goal in the knockout stage of a World Cup, just brilliant play. Just brilliant play. I mean, there's so many things to pick from, but, you know, it's the moment that really the game changed for Australia. And, um, yes, Australia did claw their way back into it. Um, but, yeah, it was just a moment of absolute brilliance. You know, half a, you know, half a yard, that's all it was. Bounce back, created the space. Thanks for the shot. See you later. You know, celebrating in front of the Australian fans as well. Yes, who was uh, chanting, where's Messi, about 30 seconds earlier, I've seen. Yeah, well, that's um, where he was. Yes, uh, be careful what you wish for. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's right. So, And the uh, look, you know, the Argentinian crowd, phenomenal, right? Absolutely phenomenal. Uh, makes It must make them feel like they're playing in uh, La Bobonera. Yeah, you can say the same thing about the Moroccans as well. Just some of the fan support this tournament has been fantastic to see. And um, there, there was a lot of question marks pre-tournament, just about how many, just over how many fans were actually travel to the region to go and see the teams play but for, for some of these teams they have so much support there and uh, it does create those uh, fantastic atmospheres that we've been talking about all tournament. It's great for the tournament that Morocco have uh, progressed as well. It, it's good that a North uh, African nation has gone through which is really good. Um, so disappointment of the uh, round of 16? Uh, on a team level my disappointment that I've sort of picked out here is going to be the the Americans. You're reading my mind. Yeah. All, going all the way back to the first match of this round. Uh, yeah, we thought 
so much of them coming out of the group and they were swatted aside by the Dutch. Yeah, you've read my mind there. 100% agree with you. The Americans were the most disappointing aspect, I think, of this round of 16. They had the, the most promise, but um, yeah, failed to, you know, and they got caught. They got schooled. They did. And Laz, who was your team surprise? There's not too many options here, I don't think. No, look, I mean, you're not going to get too surprised, you know, so surprised. Um, Portugal. Yeah, yeah, good shout. Yeah, Portugal. Abs- absolutely just announcing themselves on this stage in this World Cup saying that, um, you know, we're, we're contenders here because that was a dominant performance. The most impressive performance of this round of 16 as well. We thought Brazil were good yesterday, but no, the Portuguese were just, uh, were just uh, magnificent. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to the back end of this tournament when you have these big teams coming together because it's there's so, going to be so many, so many high-profile clashes and it's already shaping up to be the best teams uh, getting through. Like, we love seeing upsets, but often the further the upset team goes in the tournament, they do start to fade a bit and it looks like so it looks like the way it's shaping up is that we are going to have the absolute cream of the crop in the uh, back end of the tournament. So really looking forward to that. And Portugal is one of those teams that look like a, a tough one to stop. For mine, my surprise... It's not really a surprise, but I'm going to say Morocco. I think for a surprise, it's a it's a fairly low bar from this round. There wasn't too many big surprises. What about the Dutch? Ah, the Dutch. Ah, they, they're a good side. They were always going through. <laughs> <laughs> now they're a good side, are they? <laughs> but Louis van Gaal. Yep. Come yep. on. <laughs> nah. How's my Dutch there? Was it all right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, perfect. <laughs> Great. Um, yeah, the Dutch, we were saying it earlier in the week, and they weren't looking the best throughout the group stage, but they just showed a little bit more. And yeah, that's, that's a fair shout for a contender for surprise of the round. Um, but yeah, I'll go Morocco just for pulling off that upset. Who was your best team that you saw, Laz? You did just mention Portugal. Yeah, they were the best team. Based on that performance, they were the best team. Hard to disagree. You can say Brazil, perhaps, but yeah, Portugal too strong. And individuals? Oof. I was pre- I was uh, very impressed with uh, Lavakovic in goal yesterday for Croatia in the penalty shootout. They were some rubbish penalties, though. They were well, rubbish penalties. I think yeah, I sure, would have saved three of them. Well, look, it, he has to save them, right? And he guessed the you know it's not easier on the goalkeepers uh, with regards to coming off the line either these days, right? So um, that's something that you need to bear in mind. He went the right way each time. They were stops. They weren't misses. So that um, you know that counts for something, I think. So that was quite good. Uh, but uh, this morning's uh, match changed my mind. And we're going to go with a debutant. The hat-trick hero. Yeah, Gonzalo Ramos from Benfica. His transfer price tag has just gone up by, uh, you know, probably five factors, I'm guessing. So there you go. But how good was Lau's goal as well, by the way? Oh, brilliant goal. Brilliant goal. Up there with the goals of the tournament so far. We've seen some fantastic ones just this week. So just on that, 148 goals in this tournament so far, 56 matches, goal, dif- goal average of 2.643 goals per match. It's going up. Yeah, and based on the um, on the round of 16, because we had 28 goals over eight games and we had a nil or draw as well, right? So we've had 28 goals over eight games with a goal average of three and a half goals. Don't know if it'll go up again. I don't think so. I think uh, it'll start to come down now because as we get to the quarterfinals. But you never know with this tournament. It's been a crazy tournament. What have you made of the tournament so far? Oh, it, on the pitch, it's been fantastic. For mine, the group stage is up there with the best ever. And there's a couple contentions, like 90 where it was just chaos. You had a group where there was three teams on six points and there was another one that went down to goal scored, I think it was, and that was nuts. And this one is right up there as well. And... The group stage is an all-timer, and the first round of the knockouts, we've just seen some class football. Yes, we had some fun in the group stage, but now it's time for the time for the business, and 
teams are getting down to business as the song goes that they play before every single game at this World Cup. Let's get down. Let's get down to business. <laughs> I'm sick of hearing it. Yes. Find something else. Seriously. Yes. Yes. Uh, every every single game. Uh, Tiesto, he must have some sort of royalty program going on because it's ridiculous. He's got an in with FIFA. Good luck yeah. to him. <laughs> Um, yeah, one of the goals the standout was the Brazil one that Richarlison scored. Yes. The one where he's dribbling the ball on top of his head. Mm. That was a brilliant goal. That was a brilliant goal. We'll talk about some goals of the tournament a bit later on in the week. Mm. But mm. No, indeed. Just, that's one of the highlights of the round of 16, that individual and, and team goal, because there's two factors at play there, Richarlison's and the rest of the Brazil team. My individual performer, getting back to that from this week, uh, I'm tempted to go with a few, actually. I've got uh, Yassin Bono for his efforts in the shootout this morning. He was great. Um, but I have to go with Norden Amrabat. He's already been my player of the day once already this tournament, and he's caught the eye again because his performance this morning was incredible. 120 minutes of some of the best defensive midfield work you'll ever see. And given now that we know that he was playing injured as well, just adds credence to it, and what a player he is. He was the, I'm not going to say single-handedly led Morocco to the win, but he was a major factor as to why we're talking about a an advancement and some history for North African football. Totally agree. Totally agree with you there. Great call. Great call. So should we uh, move on to our quick mini preview of well actually it's not going to be a quick mini preview it's uh, we're uh, not recording tomorrow or Friday for that matter so we are going to do a preview of Saturday morning's fixtures now the quarterfinals. Yes the Daily Doha is uh, got a bit of an asterisk for the rest of the tournament because we'll only do a show when there's games of course and as you say lads we'll kick things off with the first day of the quarterfinals. We have two games on Saturday morning, two games on Sunday morning. The first one, 2am, Croatia against Brazil. How do you see this one going? Yeah, I think Croatia are in trouble. I think Croatia are in trouble. As much as I um, would like to see the Croatians prove a stern test for the Brazilians, I just think that um, they might be running out of gas because uh, that round of 16 game against Japan took a lot out of them. Um, look, they haven't hit their... St- they haven't been brilliant. They haven't been outstanding, but they're a side that you can never uh, discount. Will Brazil bring out the best in Croatia? I think they can. I think that Croatia will really will lift for this game. It's the kind of opponent that um, will motivate the Croatians beyond anything else. I don't know if they have the quality to uh, to be able to take on the Brazilians. And Croatians won't fear anyone. We know that, right? Technically, they're very good footballers. You know, you've got a great midfield in in there uh, with uh, Modric and uh, uh, Kovacic, and you know, one of the defenders of the tournament as well. Jeez, I mean, Guardiola's just been brilliant, right? So yeah, I, I look at this side and I think. You guys can challenge Brazilians. The question is, will they? I think Brazil's just going to be way too good. And I think that um, they're just sitting pretty. And I think they're just waiting for the uh, semifinal. I think they're just waiting for the semifinal, which, I ho- you know, could be, you know, if they've got an eye on the semifinal and they take their eye off this one, it could hurt them. But I don't see Croatia uh, defeating Brazil. So I'm going to say Brazil 2-0. Yeah, I do tend to agree with a lot of you said there, Laz. And Brazil are, for mine, the best team on this half of the bracket from what we've seen on the pitch so far. Yes, Argentina have potential. They've got gears to go through. So do the Netherlands. But what we've seen in evidence so far on the pitch, Brazil the best team on this half of the draw, perhaps in the whole tournament. It's only a toss-up. Well, the other side of the draw is a bit more competitive, as it turns out. We thought this would be the more competitive side. This was the side to dodge, but look what's happened on the other side, where we have three ridiculous teams in the quarterfinals, and that's looking like the bogey side of the... Well, that's that's looking like the hard side now, and... Brazil, yes, I think that would be too strong for Croatia. Croatia, they're just missing that striker. They're missing that Mandzukic up front. Yeah. And yeah, you're right. Yes, yep. Kramaric is decent. 
and Levi is decent, but there's just not that elite striker up front that they've had in years gone by, and that's all they're missing. And I think they do fall short in in this quarterfinal here against the potential champions. Interesting to see whether Sosa is going to be back for this game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Barisic was was all right, but I don't know. I, I'm not too keen on Barisic at left back for Croatia, and uh, up against what will be Rafinha. Yeah. Perhaps that that is a problem point for Croatia coming into this game, and mm. I think Brazil can run right here. Croatia will keep it tight though. They Brazil will. have the Brazil have the potential to put on a score. I don't think they will. Um, I think they'll round out maybe either two nil or three one. Yep, no, that's fair. And six a.m. Netherlands versus Argentina Saturday morning. Big game this one. World Cup classic this. Yep. Mm. So much history on this on this game. <laughs> so many previous iterations. Where do you start? Where do you start in this current with this current? Um uh, edition of this of the World Cup because I tell you what Netherlands showed they were dark horses in their performance against the United States and how tactically clever they are and this Argentinian side is just going on emotion and crowd support you know yes the brilliance of Messi but they've really um, struggled to to hit their straps I mean they did really well against Poland I thought that was their most polished performance of the tournament Australia did trouble them their most polished yeah <laughs> that's right <laughs> but I'm ching um, but I think that um, I think it was a case of Poland actually being bad rather than Argentina being absolutely brilliant. So, question is: Is have we seen Argentina be brilliant during this tournament so far? I would say not. And I would agree with you. I, I would agree with you. I don't think we've seen a good all-round Argentina performance that they have beaten a good opponent who has troubled them. And the Poland game was the best performance of the lot so far, but you're quite right to mention that Poland were just terrible in that game. They didn't offer any threat whatsoever. So if Argentina, a team of the stature of Argentina, are getting a little bit scared and looking a little bit dicey against uh, little old Australia, then those moments are going to be amplified against the likes of Brazil and Portugal if they do get that far in the tournament. So there are plenty of question marks in this Argentina team. And you're right, they're not playing well. And it's just a case of whether uh, Louis can sort out a plan for Messi and the rest of the team. It's there for the taking. The semi-final is there for the taking for the Dutch. And it's just whether or not they're good enough to stifle Argentina first and foremost, I think. For mine, the Dutch, they look primed to really take it to Argentina. And from what I've seen of the defense, they look really solid. They conceded a, a, a fluky goal against the States, the way that one went in, looping up over the keeper, Noppet, with a deflection. Uh, the goal they conceded against Ecuador was a little bit an element of good fortune as well. So they're not letting up that many chances, I think, the Dutch overall this tournament. Yes, there's a, there's one or two here and there, but I think they can marshal Messi and Argentina pretty well. And the Argentinian midfield, for mine, has been really lackluster this tournament, and Depending on who Van Gaal goes with, whether it is the young Darun and maybe Coop Miners comes in, I'm not sure. I think they can win the midfield battle, the Dutch. And also, Messi. He'll be up against Daly Blind and Nathan Ake, most likely. Interesting battle, that one. Maybe Nathan Ake can get one over Messi in terms of... Because he is a, he's a quick defender. He's got good uh, turn of speed. Um, and he can stay with Messi the entire way. So, very tough game for Argentina. This is a tough test. I do think the Dutch will be able to get over them. This is not a for me. This is not a head over heart or heart over head situation. I, I think that I think the Dutch will go through. Maybe extra time, maybe penalties, but uh, yeah, I think they do go through. Wouldn't surprise me if it does go the whole way with this one. But I've just got a feeling that Argentina are just going to see the Dutch off. Not you know with one goal in it, right? Yeah, no particular logic behind it. Just a more so gut feel that um, Argentina are just destined to play Brazil in these in the semifinals of this competition. Yeah, it's. Uh, and I think that's when, you know, 
now we need to see Argentina and the form that they were carrying in pre-tournament. And yeah, it's a, a question of will the real Argentina please stand up? So yeah, let's see how that uh, plays out on on Saturday morning Sydney time. And we should mention just the other quarterfinals, which will be played on Sunday morning Sydney time, uh, which we'll cover off on Saturday's uh, episode of the Daily Doha. Will be uh, two a.m. Morocco versus Portugal and six a.m. England versus France. I cannot Ooh. wait for that one. I cannot <laughs> wait for that one. That's a game worthy of a World Cup final. And yeah, we're getting is. it in the quarters. Yep, yep. Amazing. No, can't wait. Uh, incredible. So, uh, Nathan, I just got a quick thank you for the West's uh, Leagues, uh, West Ashfield uh, Leagues Club again, and uh, the Sydney Markets Club. Um, thanks to the management and staff, uh, they've been kind enough to give me a space uh, this morning to record as I'm doing some work out here today. So, thanks to the management and staff of West Ashfield and Sydney Markets Club. Fantastic, Laz. It's uh, been a good chat and has been. Good thing I'm, I'm back on the show again today. Uh, Glad to see you back. <laughs> back. Back business here on the back peg really looking forward to the games coming up both uh, on both days on the weekend and the football's going to be fantastic rounding out this tournament and uh, it's been fantastic to watch and hopefully the good football continues uh, thank you very much for everyone who's tuned in to the back peg uh, thank you for all your feedback, all your comments, all your interaction, all your reviews. Uh, we love every bit of it. Stay tuned. We'll be back on uh, Saturday, Saturday morning, post the first batch of the quarterfinal games. Yeah, stay tuned to the Instagram page um, as well, at the back peg. And uh, like, share, subscribe. Please rate our uh, podcasts uh, if you feel inclined to do so. We just want to thank everyone for their interaction with us and their, and their messages and um yeah, and your listenership. So, um, uh, really, really uh, thankful for that. I've been Nathan Gould. And I've been Lazarus Gross. Take care, all.